thoughts I cannot say to you If I don't say the words that maybe it's not Welcome along to NUFC Matters with me, Steve Ray. It is the start of the new show, the Premier League show. And who would have thought that uh, after his appearances on the Amigos, winding Keith Patterson up, that we would have <laughs> Roger Melly as part of the uh, the NUFC Matters podcast team. But welcome to the podcast, Melly. Good to have you on, mate. It's absolutely great to be on, Steve. Thanks for inviting us, mate. It's great, mate. Honestly, people have enjoyed the banter, enjoyed the crack. I think, um, I think you've you've restored people's faith in Manchester United fans certainly, and I know that means you know you're from up here anyway, but you know you're right. Man United through and through. And I think uh, people have enjoyed the banter, and it's good to have you on. And we decided really to, to do something a bit different because this 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 channel is predominantly Newcastle United, but we are in the Premier League, um, and and you know we can talk about football. In general, there's always something crops up or something comes up in the game, which, you know, we, we never really have time to dedicate to on this channel. And I thought you and I could probably chew the fast for an hour over over certain things. And, we, you know, each week we can knock up, um, you know, various uh, topics uh, and conversation. And as, you know, as we get onto a live show at some point, I know the people in the chat will be able to, uh, to, to chuck some stuff in as well. So I knocked a, a little list together of stuff, which is, um, you know, which is certainly going to provoke thought in the chat, but also you and I, uh, we'll have an opinion about it. And first one I wanted to discuss was the Saudi League. Obviously, we're yeah. seeing a lot of Premier League players going to the Saudi League now, and not just not just old players. You know, this isn't like a this isn't like the MLS. This isn't like the Chinese League where they're, they're signing people who are over the hill. Or you go back into the days of when you know Peter Beardsley went to Vancouver in the eighties and he was playing alongside all those old greats like Pele and and, and the like George Best. Um, this this is a real attempt to create a very special league, which I guess the Saudis, because they don't like being second best, will hope in some way, shape or form could become the best league in the world. So uh, the question I wanted to ask him, Ellie, is do, do you think the Saudi league can be a threat to the Premier League moving forward? I don't think so. I think the Premier League's always going to be the best league in the world. Um, we attract so many uh, viewers over here. Like you know, like I said in the last show, when we play in the Champions League, we always have the highest um, audience members for whichever um, programs broadcasting it. It is a bit of a worry, but I think it's it's kind of gonna it's gonna get rid of those who want to play for the badge and those who want to play for money. Um, somebody posted something today saying, uh, "Will you be watching the the Saudi League? It's now like it's gotten four channels." as well, attached to it. And I said, only if uh, Emmerdale's shown repeats, I'll watch it. But, you know, and now you've you touched on the subject there, like, Steve, that it, it's not really uh, the old ones that are gone, but predominantly it is. It is. It's those that are coming at the end of their career and they want a big payday, like Henderson, um, yes, Ronaldo, Sani isn't, you know, uh, that Wolves player Neves, he isn't, but the majority are, mm. and the majority seem to be, apart from Henderson, those of all the same. I don't know how to say this. Um, who follow the same kind of religion, the, the kind of attracting that the pulling all them players are, the, the, like yeah. if they're Muslim or, I think the only reason Henderson's gone over is because Stephen Gerrard is yeah, the manager there and he's pulled him. I didn't. I cannot see Europe's best 
the likes of uh, Kevin De Bruyne, etc., ever gone to that league until they get to the point where, where they're looking for money, they're looking for that retirement money. So we'll always, in the Premier League, and the Bundesliga, they'll always attract, in the Little League, but uh, that's fading, we'll always attract the best players who want to win stuff, who, you know, they are now, when they get to 35, they've still got 10 years to go in that league over there. Mm. Because, you know, it's, it, it isn't the best league. They haven't got the best players. Um, so, not to answer your question, I didn't think it'll ever be uh, a problem for the Premier League. Definitely not. I mean, money talks, doesn't it? That's the bottom. I mean, in fact, they say money doesn't talk, it swears. And I mean, you've, you've just mentioned Henderson. I mean, you know, a lot of people up in arms in Liverpool, especially the LGBTQ plus uh, groups, who, you know, felt that um, felt that he completely betrayed them. You know, he, he'd spoken for them and, and, and took part in some of their events. And then suddenly he's across there. And we know the issues that, that, that the Saudi, um, you know, that the Saudi uh, country has. And, you know, I've often said on this show, purely in defence, of course, of the Newcastle takeover, that, you know, everyone should be given the opportunity to change. I mean, you know, hundreds of years ago, we were colonising most of the world. And, you know what I mean? God knows what we were getting up to with um, you know, with, with other people. And we were given the opportunity by the world to change. And, and mm-hmm. gradually, you know, country by country was handed back. We still, we still, you know, we've still got colonies in some parts of the world. So my, my, my argument's always been in that respect, you know, you've got to give people an opportunity to change. So the, the Saudis, the Qataris and, and whoever else should should be given that opportunity. So oh, they're getting the opportunity. They've got the money to back it up as well, haven't they? So Yeah, exactly. And I think I think with I think with Henderson and, and, and Gerard, yeah, they, they've gone for the pound note. There's no doubt about it. I mean, I think I think that you know everything is everything is pushing towards 2030, which is going to be a big year in Saudi. That's why they bought into the Premier League and bought Newcastle United. That's why they've basically, you know, taken over the, the you know, the, the golf, uh, the golfing world. You know what I mean? They've, they've made a huge foray into that. That's why mm. they've staged some of the biggest boxing shows in the world um, and, and will continue to stage big boxing boxing fights across there. And and now, you know, they're, they're looking to create a, a football league. And I mean, they don't like to be second best in anything. So I, I, I don't think that it will be bigger than the Premier League. I agree with you. I, I genuinely don't think that that will surpass and overtake the Premier League. And I agree with you, the Bundesliga. I think there'll be an interest in it. I think I think what will happen is, I think the culture in Saudi, you see lots of men, groups of men, they'll book a, they'll book a villa, they'll go and play on FIFA for, you know, for a, a weekend and they'll sit and watch the Premier League. That's their... That's how they enjoy themselves, Melly. Do you know what I mean? Now, they're going to have the opportunity. Those young men out there are going to have the opportunity to go and watch some of the best players in the world. And I think it'll it'll appeal to them, won't it? I think so, mate. I think if it helps change the the culture of of Saudi and how they operate, you know, that can only be a good thing as well. And um, um, Listen, didn't get us wrong. Before Ronaldo went last year, nobody had heard of it. You know, he's obviously been... He's been given a hell of a package to take it over because since he's gone, then you know, this season I was thinking, Jesus Christ, we're going to end up playing my under twenty ones. Yeah, yeah, that offering this kind of money, um, it is dangerous. It you know that like you say they don't like it being second best and they're literally putting everything into it. Will I ever watch it? Nah, I didn't think I will. Mm. And that's being honest, I didn't think I'll ever watch it. I'd, 
I like the intensity of the Premier League. I like how it's all built up. And I will, and I will get on to the, the broadcasters because of the kickoff times and et cetera, et cetera. But you cannot beat the Premier League and how it's built up by Sky. And, you know, like, it's, it's just absolutely fantastic. And then match day is, it's, it's a pinnacle, you know. It's like, what you've just said there, I personally still at this age get the hairs on the back of my neck when I see the players coming out and it's fantastic. So for them to witness that, you know, that, that that's great. And I wouldn't begrudge anybody of that. But getting back of it, I, it'll never be as big as the Premier League, unfortunately, ever. I do laugh when me and you say hairs on the back of their neck because that's the only place we've got. I tell you what it is. I wish the top grew as quick as the sides. I'm shaving this every other day. <laughs> All right, well, moving on from the Saudi League, um, let's let's talk about the transfer window. The transfer window, of course, is is a rarely, you know, it's, it's a recently new invention, you know, and 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 you know, we, we've now got you know lots lots of activity. I mean, this is a pre-recorded show. I'm sure there's been a bit more activity as uh, you know we've recorded this on Thursday, and um, you know we've we've heard you know the Harry Kane on-off saga, you know. Probably going to reach its conclusion as we as we as we record this. Uh, we, we've got you know Paqueta potentially moving to Man City. We'll come on to that in a minute. Uh, but you know the transfer window is going to run till the first of September. And um, like you say, Sky make a big thing of the Premier League. You 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 love the way they're promoted, etc. Well, they make a huge thing of transfer deadline day. You know, I mean, literally, it, you, you know, especially if you're a Newcastle fan, you'll have spent you know many an hour sitting waiting for the inevitable to happen, which was nothing uh, before the new owners came in. Um, you know, and, and you'd literally just see tumbleweed next to Keith Downey outside uh, outside St James's Park. But you know. I've got to ask the question today. Do you think it's time to to stop this, to stop the transfer window? Because back in the old days, you could buy a player and sell a player when you wanted to. Do you think do you think the transfer window is a good idea? Do you enjoy the the turmoil oh, of that and the excitement of it and the countdown on the first? Are you going to be sitting on the first of September checking your phone and putting your TV on when you get back in after work? I I absolutely love it. You love it. I, I can see where you're coming from. Where you you know, but if you opened that up. It would just be constant or constant disruption in the clubs. This way, you've got the September the 1st to get your squad together. And after that, you're a unit. You're a unit till January. And then all the people can come back in and try and fish your players and stuff. But um, I say keep the transfer window 100%, mate. It's it's great. Like you say, Sky's got its own channel. You know, you've got Sky Sports Transfer Centre, which is on all day, every day on the news channel. Um it's great. It's fantastic. You know, we're just missing Harry Redknapp now. <laughs> well, that's it. Yeah, Harry Redknapp used to be the, the highlight, didn't he? Um, he was brilliant. It, like. it was always just the shot at the car window like that, and he's looking out uh, and, and, and <laughs> chatting away. There was, a, there was a player as well. Do you remember that player that drove all the way to, to, to go and get transferred? And to, <laughs> he sat outside. Who was I, it, Galdekin? I can't even remember who that was, but that was absolutely hilarious. He tells I, a I mean, story I, about that on his show, you know. Does he? I'll try and get it in Sandy later on. It's brilliant. Right, OK. I, I mean, for me, the transfer window, I, I do enjoy it. Um, but I know a lot of people don't. I think a lot of people would like to see it uh, like to see it revert back to the way it was. But I agree. I think it gives a bit of discipline um, and, and it, it, it levels out, doesn't it? I mean, you know, you've got to get your business done. I mean, just looking at looking at the transfer window at the minute, I mean, the, the carry on at Wolves where they've, they've got rid of one manager and Gary O'Neill's come in. But I was just looking at what they had spent as to what they've recruited. I think they spent about nine million pounds in the window. They've brought mm. two, they brought two free transfers in, one which is a returning player. 
and um, they've sold about £89 million worth of talent. They've completely decimated their team. Um, I mean, you know, for them, the transfer window is, is not going to be long enough because there's no way in the world they're going to be able to do, you know, that much business to get to get players back in. It's it can affect some, it, you know, it can affect some clubs which aren't as, as well run. I guess that's that's the problem. It leads on to what I was saying about Paqueta. Um Again, with this being a time sensitive show and us pre-recording this, uh, things may have moved on, uh, and Paqueta may now be a Manchester City player. Of course, he may not be, and he might still be at West Ham, but. This whole potential transfers, we'll call it, because we're doing this on Thursday. I would say, is there any loyalty left in football, Melly? Because Paqueta's only gone to West Ham last season. He's he's got his feet under the table. West Ham were West Ham were good enough to give him the opportunity to come and play in the Premier League. They put the money where their mouth was. If I'm if I'm right in saying this, I think Man City were originally in for them, and for whatever reason, didn't follow it through. He went to he went to West Ham, and. I don't think he had the greatest of seasons. I think ultimately, I think he scored was it five goals and seven assists. I think he had, which for a midfielder is not great. Um, he didn't he didn't settle straight away. It took a bit of time. He scored against Newcastle typically, um, but but ultimately, I just think if he moves to Man City, I think that's a bit. I just think that's. I think that's just naughty. I think it's bad on him. I just All think right. I just think it doesn't. There's, you know, it questions is there any loyalty because he should be loyal to West Ham. He should be saying to West Ham, "Look, you know, you 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 put your money where your mouth was. I'll stay again. I'll stay another year." And you know, if he leaves, he puts West Ham. You know, West Ham get dropped in it. They've then got to suddenly bring in bring in another player, another two players. They've just lost Declan Rice to Arsenal. Then they've got to bring in another midfielder. I know they brought in Alvarez, but you know, they, they need to bring somebody else in. I know there's there is a couple, you know, that that, that they've been linked with. But is there any loyalty left in football, Melly? No, nah, the only loyalty, mate, is in the fans. There's no loyalty in players, managers, the fans and the backroom staff. You know, you could even say, well, what happens if they've, if they've come through the ranks? The only way they stay at the club is if they get the right money that they think they deserve, if they've become so good. And the club then gather them and say, look, we'll give you 200 grand a week, they'll stay. Apart from that, there's no loyalty in football at all. I mean... Look, didn't look as far as Chris Erickson, Christian Erickson. The guy literally died on the pitch, mate. He yeah. died on a football pitch. And Brentford, give him that chance. You know, like, nobody else would give him the chance. They give him the chance and then Man United come sweeping in a year later and he's gone. Mm-hmm. You know, like, that that sums up football players for you. They're overpaid. Um, and... This is just personally mine. I mean, you know, like other people yeah, yeah. might have a different opinion, but they didn't care. They didn't care. You know, like every new and gain, they might come and sign a little top or whatnot. But all they're bored about is getting the money at the end of the week. You will have the ones that want to win, and that's like Paqueta. You know, like is it West Ham? Yes, the one the 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 UEFA European, not the cup. The the what's it called? The um, Europa. Aye, the the, the win that, but. He's looking at it and he's thinking, right, they're going to give us, what, 100, 150 grand a year. They've just won the treble. Potential Premier League winner. You know, like, he's looking at it and thinking, well, in five years' time, I've earned so much. I've probably won so much. I can put whatever price I want on. I'll get double what I... That's what they're thinking, ultimately, all the time. They're always thinking about their next big money move. None of them are thinking, I'm going to go and sign for Newcastle or Man United and I'm going to stay there till I retire. None of them. 
You could ask them all, and if they were all honest with you, every one of them would be honest and tell you what I've just said. There's no loyalty at all apart from the fans. The fans are the only loyal thing left in football. Good point. Yeah, I would agree. I don't think there's any loyalty uh, when, when someone comes waving a check. Um, and, and I think, you know, we've seen it many, many times. Christian Eriksen is, uh, is a good point. New PGML, uh, PGMOL rules coming into play, um, Melly. Some interesting ones. Um, let's touch on let's touch on a couple of them. A new technical area code of conduct and increased financial penalties for repeat offenders. Now, the charity shield at the weekend um, was, was, you know, the showcase event. Um, you know, which which you know heralds the new dawn of the Premier League. Uh, we did see uh, Arteta, um, co- you know, cop for a card. Um, in the championship, we saw um, uh, one of the managers sent off um, that, that out in a game that I watched. So, it, you know, they are starting how they mean to go on. Do you agree with that rule, the technical area rule? Ah, uh, yeah, because I think they've got a lot of influence on there. I think they need to, you know, do what they need to do in the dressing room and then just let them play. It's, you know, it's the same at every level. You, you come and watch the kids on and you've got like two managers barking on and 10 parents barking on. You've already done what you've what you what you what you're supposed to have done. You, you've done your management in the dressing room. Let the players play. Just let them play. They're, they're at the highest level they can be at. If they're not understanding your instructions from 15 minutes earlier, you know the summit of matter, isn't it? Mm. So I agree. Stamp stamp it out. I think the problem is it filters down to the lower level, doesn't it? That's the problem. So when you see somebody like Arteta, you know, gesticulating or or um, you know, Klopp. Um, berating one of the fourth officials and then pulling his hamstring. You know, Absolutely, that, does, mate. that does follow down to the, the lower levels, doesn't it? And the, the, you know, 100, 100 million percent, mate. I mean, we were training love a week with six-year-old, six-year-old kids and they're, they're getting a free kick and one of them went and lay behind the the wall. You know, you're thinking, Jesus, six-year-old and they're lying behind the wall. <laughs> so it does. You know, like they look up to these people, they're the heroes. And when they see them screaming on and this, that, and the tubber, of course they're going to date themselves, aren't they? They're going to date themselves because they think it's right. So I made stamp it out. I think one of the big things which we will see, we've seen it in the Women's World Cup, and that's the crackdown on time-wasting, um, which means that some games we're going to see ridiculous amounts of added time. Um, added some time- of your games you will. Well, maybe, maybe, maybe. You're pretty uh, good at wasting time, aren't you? Yeah, so so Ten Hag says. Um, but yeah, <laughs> what, what, what's your what's your views on this? Because again, you know, one thing that one thing that gets crowds irate at the end of the game is when that board goes up and you see six minutes, seven minutes, and then you've got everybody in the stadium going, "Well, where's he got that from?" Um, I think. I mean, we need to point out for each substitution, it's thirty seconds. I think that's still the ruling. So. If there's six substitutions, there is, you know, there is three minutes. Um, so I think a lot of people fail to take that into consideration. People just think about that injury that was that happened down there where he was down for a minute and a half, you know, and they go, well, it should only be a minute and a half. They forget the substitutions all add up. So it is going to be, there is going to be some additional time. Again, is that is that a good rule change to, to, to clamp down on time wasting? Absolutely. Uh, I, I believe it is, mate. I, um, I mean, it's only a problem if you're winning 1-0 and the pressure's on. You know, if you're two or three nil up, then it's not so much of a problem. But what it's stamping out is, I had to go to my own, uh, one of our own defenders, Rafa Varane, put the statement out this week and asked him, we're going to be playing 100 minutes, 110 minutes. And I thought, well, 
what, what they're trying to do ultimately is not make you play more. They're just trying to stop all the, you know, all these foreign players. Because let's be honest, the British didn't really do it. They're starting to do it, but it's more the foreign players who are rolling our and, you know, if they think they can waste three, four minutes and only get 30 seconds added on at the end, they're doing it. And they're doing it more and more. And we've seen it a lot more last season, more and more of it, you know, any amount of times. There's times I've been able to run to the toilet and come back and they're still lying on the floor, man. And that's what they're aiming to cut out. I found Varane's message, actually, because I screenshotted it when you uh, retweeted it and, and, and you replied. And it said, we had a meeting last week with the FA. They recommended from the referees new decisions and rules. From the managers and players, we've shared our concerns for many years now that there are too many games. The schedule is overcrowded and it's at a dangerous level for players' physical and mental well-being. Despite our previous feedbacks, they have now recommended for next season longer games, more intensity and less emotions to be shown by players. We want to be in good condition on the pitch to give 100% to our club and fans. Why are opinions not being heard? As a player, I feel very privileged to do the job I love every day, but I feel these changes are damaging our game. We want to be at our maximum level, the best we can be, and put on amazing performances for our fans to celebrate every week. I believe it's important that we players and managers highlight these important issues as we want to protect the game we love and give the fans our best. Steve, are you telling me as an athlete, and I mean the ultimate athlete, mm-hmm. you kind of play two 90-minute, 100-minute games a week? I tell you what, I did a talk with Rob Lee the other week, and he was saying to me, he says, I hated training. He says, I'd rather play seven games a week. He says, and it, one of Rob Lee's pet hates is Aye. players, players saying things like that. Do you know why, mate? Because I get, we've just we've created this, such a spoiled society, you know, like through, it's probably because, and I'm getting deep, but my parents who didn't have as good as an upbringing as what they wanted to give us, ultimately we've created this spoiled society where to the point where these people are getting 200 grand a week. They're playing one game a week for the first two months. Um, and then they've got to play two, maybe three games in nine, 10 days. And they're yeah. thinking this is being hard, don't they? Like, how many people would swap places with this guy? You know, like, you've got people in other parts of the um, of the world who've got to walk 10 miles for a drink of water and bring back barrels of water. And then you've got these spoiled gets saying, oh, we don't want to play for 100 minutes. How where? <laughs> it's mental, isn't it? It's, absolutely it's mental, mental, mate. It's absolutely crazy. They don't live in the real world. That's the problem. Nah. Some, you know why? Because they've got everybody behind them saying, you're the best. You're the best, constantly. They can never put a foot wrong. They'll go home. They've had a cleaner there all day, cleaning the mansion. You know, they jump in the car. It's full of diesel because the handyman's filled it full of diesel. You know, like, they didn't do anything for their sale, man. They're getting paid absolute fortunes and still finding something to moan about. So, so they've done something about it and they've said, we look, stop rolling about the pitch and you'll play 90, 90, three minutes with your subs. Hmm. There's also going to be um, stadium bans and potential criminal prosecution for tragedy abuse. Now, this is interesting because this affects, uh, you know, it certainly affects games that your team plays in. Um, Definitely. You know, because, you know, there are, especially games against Liverpool, I guess, where you both go hammer and tongues at each other about various, you know, various things. We won't mention them on the show. But yeah. I think this is a, I think this is a very important, you know, a very important rule I've brought in. And I just, I just fear about how they're going to police it, Nelly. Uh, there's, there's banter, mate. And then there's like, and then there's that, you know, like, 
I was literally five metres away from the Liverpool fans last season. And we're having banter all game, you know. And how they're going to police it, Steve, is because the, the way end is, you know, there's a, there's a massive um, presence of police. So if they catch anybody, for instance, for us, it's quite easy for the Liverpool fans to be caught out because they would do a, like a, a gesture with their arms out wide, you know. Um, but they're very vigilant and they've got they've got so many cameras up now, like they can zoom in any amount of times. You've probably seen it yourself in the way end. You see somebody yeah. getting turfed out, you know. That's because they've seen something on the camera. So, you know, listen, you can have banter. It's football. At the end of the day, it's a game, mate. You know, and we love our team, but ultimately, it's a game. You know, like City won the treble last year. I'm forgetting about it. You know, it's done, it's dusted. But at the time, yes, it's heated and it means everything they get to beat them. But does it really matter? Ultimately, does it really matter? No. To the point where now. you're going to like, where you're going to say something about people dying or, nah, mate, that's, you know, the quicker that's out, the better for me. Like, Yeah, I, I agree, mate, as well. Are we going to see the return of the hard man this year then? Because there's leniency on physical challenges. And I'll read you the directive. On the pitch is an attempt to allow the game to flow better and reduce stoppages. A higher threshold will be applied to contact between players, meaning there should be fewer free kicks awarded for incidents, which last season might well have been penalised for being overly physical. However, as per the existing referee guidelines, any challenge deemed careless will be deemed a foul and any which are reckless will receive a yellow card, and any player who endangers the safety of an opponent will be sent off. I mean, it, 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 open to interpretation again, that's the problem with things like this, but I guess it's going to make the game flow if they're going to be slightly slightly lenient. I mean, Man United haven't been in the championship for a while, but Newcastle have been in a couple of times in recent decades. I'm not being funny. The championship follows this guideline anyway. You can kick people up a height and do what the hell no, you I... want, and the referee just lets it go, but it's going to be a change, this, in the Premier League, isn't it? Aye, I was going to say, it depends what league you play in. The Premier League's pretty pretty fluent anyway, I think, like when it comes to gameplay, you know, like when they're transitioning the teams and stuff. Um, most of your fouls are coming in the centre of the park. Bring it on, mate, you know, like, bring it on, absolutely. It's, um, I love the days of Roy Keane and Vinnie Jones, Shearer, you know, like, getting in amongst, it just makes it all more interesting, doesn't it? I mean, you know, I need two-footed challenges up the knees and stuff, but, you know, these 50-50s where they're going in and then the referee blows in favour of one, if they're saying that's going to be, like, play on, then, oh, mate, I'm all for it, like, absolutely. Yeah, yeah I would like and to And it stops them rolling about again, it gets back to the, the case yeah. that we've just made, you know, about if they if they know that they're going to get challenged, because majority of them, they'll push you to a challenge to get the free kick and lie on the floor for three minutes, whereas if they're both going to go in 50-50, none fine well, that's, look, if you know, if I push you, I'm not going to get the free kick. And then if I lie on the floor, we're going to be playing Langer. They're both just going to go on at it, aren't they? They're mm -hmm. both just going to go on for it and it's, it's going to create a better game ultimately. Yeah, it is. OK, we're we'll halfway through the short time for the ads. A big thanks to all our sponsors, Skips and Bins. You can find them at skipsandbins.com or telephone 0800 2545 Email inquiries at skipsandbins.com. Website, skipsandbins.com. Easy contract free and pay-as-you-go waste collection. Big thanks to Mr. Vicky's Sources Handmade in Cumbria. You can order them from their website, mrvickys.co.uk or by telephoning 01768 A big thanks also to New Workwear. Uh, you can find them at newworkwear.com. 
They are an agile and dedicated workwear provider. Welcome back as well to United Travel. Uh, they are a UK coaches firm and they are based in uh, the Northeast. They've got 2024 tours and you can contact them on 01670 632 460 or mobile 0791 Email info at and they've got a website which is unitedgrouptravel.com. There's no strangers on there to us, just people you haven't met yet. Big thanks to them for their sponsorship. Big thanks as well to Media Arts and they supply all the video technology. If you want to become a member and get a cup, a pen, a membership card and a scarf, then get your smartphone and put it over this QR code. It will take you straight to the membership pack. It's a £25 one-off fee. You can also go to NUFC Matters website and search membership pack to book today. If you want to help the channel, then subscribe to it by hitting the subscribe button. Hit the thumb up under the video to like the video and click share to share to your other social media. We're also available as a podcast on iTunes, Spotify and other podcast providers. Don't forget we help the food bank on this channel. If you want to do so virtually, go to nufcfansfoodbank.co.uk and make a donation today. The Alan Sheila raffle is back on. 150 tickets, £1 a ticket, win a limited edition signed Alan Shearer ball. End of the day at nufcmatters.com. Okay, Melly, second half of the show. I'm going to mention the Carabao Cup. Don't start gloating about that win at uh, Wembley. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> uh, but the Carabao Cup, is it, I mean, is it, is it fashionable anymore? Is it, is it time to scrap it? It's been the Carabao Cup. It's been the Milk Cup. It's been, you know, it's been, you know, everything and anything. But the League Cup, it's, it's, it seems to have lost its romance. And I mean, looking at the games that were played in that second round, um, you know, it, the other night, it, was it the second round or was it the first round? First, first round. So, the, so in the first round the other night, just looking around the grounds as I watched Sky and looked at the coverage, you know, the grounds were empty. There was nobody there. Some of those places will have been paying to have that game on, um, mm-hmm. you know, because they didn't have TV coverage and, and, and it must be costing people a fortune. And even when it gets to the, the later stages of the cup competition, Premier League teams, especially those who were playing in Europe, which of course will be Newcastle this year, won't be playing their, their, first, their first choice. Most teams don't. Man City tend to play a reserve team and get, you know, with the exception of last year, get to the final nearly every other year and win it. Um, has it has it lost its romance, or, or or did that cup win? I knew it was against Newcastle, but park that. You know, was it a was it a big thing for you, Melly, the, the the Carabao Cup? No, it wasn't, mate. And you got to ask yourself, would it be missed if it left? If it, if it was gone, nah, it probably wouldn't be missed. Not by us, lot anyway. Not by the like the people in the yeah. top half of the Premier League. But the League Cup's probably a, the only cup where the lower teams get the chance to actually progress to a good stage and then potentially maybe get a good team down to their ground, you know. And yeah, the stadiums were empty to begin with, but if they get that at a later stage, 
if they manage to get through and they get a big team there and even if it's not the first 11, they're still selling out and it'll probably see them all right for the year. So you've got to try and think of the little team because the FA Cup, all the big teams play the, the main players. But the League Cup, like you say, the tent that put out their, their second string or the young ones coming through and stuff until they get to the position like like we well, like we did, you know, and we were both full strength for maybe it's the quarters and the semis. But even if Man United say, you know, gone to Wrexham or Newcastle get the gates head, do you know what I mean? Like the stadium would be full and they'd make enough money off that one game to last them the whole season. So I don't know, it wouldn't be missed by us lot at the you know the top end of the table, but I think it would be it would be missed by a lot more. Like, I mean, I've got to be honest. For for a Newcastle fan, you know, to get to the Carabao Cup final last year was a big, big success. It was, you know, it mm. was great, and we wanted to win it. You know, we, um, you know, we just unfortunately hit that, you know, hit that bad patch. Little form, didn't you? We lost Nick Pope, and then we didn't we didn't perform on the day. Um, you know, the, the big game was the semi final, as usual. You know, it was a, it was a, it was a wonderful two legged semi final. We win it win it at home. The local lad gets the goal to get you through, and it's you know it was a great night. But you know, for for us, I think you know we would we would benefit because obviously we need to get that trophy monkey off our back. We need to mm-hmm. what Newcastle need to do is they need to win a silver a silver pot, and that is the one to try and win because. Ultimately, it's not the one that everyone else is focused on. Um, mm-hmm. You know, ultimately, when they get to the later rounds, your Man City's, your Man United's, your Liverpool's, whatever, will will want to win it. But ultimately, for Newcastle, that's got to still be the focus. I think a good, you know, a good run in the Champions League, maintain your top four, like we discussed the other week. But you know, have a run in the Carabao Cup, give it a go. So I wouldn't, I personally wouldn't like to see it scrapped. Um, I think maybe there should be a little bit more thought goes into it. I don't know, maybe. It's, I, you know, just just try and just try and make it a bit more exciting, or or make it make it make it so that it's available for 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 people because ticket prices seem to be you know too high and make make it fan affordable, make it make it make it you know a lot of a lot of these teams don't do that. You know, Newcastle have tried it over the years, but just make it cost effective for people to go and you know I don't know just. Up the prize money, do something to it, give give it a bit of razzmatazz. But at, at the moment, I just feel like it's dying on its dying on its backside. And just looking at the, you know, it's certainly at the lower levels. I, I don't think people see the attraction of it at all. You know. Nah, I think you're right. Like, but I think they do try and like. I think United's only a tenner for kids and mm-hmm. 15, 20 quid for adults for the for the Carabao Cup. Yeah. Um, I'm sure. I'm sure Sunderland is as well, a fiver and a tenner. No maybe there. that'll change. Was maybe that'll there. change. Yeah. There was nobody there. I mean, that, I, I think that was, looking that was at the stadium, like... mate, I think they've made the executive decision just to play one stand and just keep the others empty. They didn't have enough to fill it. Whereas if you've got to staff them areas, then that's where your money comes in, you know. So I think they treat it like it, like they were playing away um, and allowed 10,000 or something in and just kept it at that. But yeah, it's not good. But it's the first round, you know what I mean. Once we get to the fourth, fifth round, then you know you'll see full stadiums and people trying. It's I'm all for football, me. Like I think you should have as much as you can during a season. Um, it's what keeps everybody upbeat, gives you something to talk about on the street. So you know, the more the merrier for me. TV documentaries, Melly, uh, Newcastle's uh, Amazon uh, series uh, is now out there and people have had a chance to watch it and digest it and, and see it. Um, 
there's a, a Burnley one which I've I've just started watching, which is uh, Sky Seen Documentaries, that. and um, I've I've managed to watch the first episode of that, which of course was was you know the new owners announcing that they're taking over, and then the relegation. So I've I've got to catch up with the rest of that. But what what's your thoughts on 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 these kind of TV fly in the wall documentaries? I mean the first the first one that I remember watching, you know, of the recent batch was of course. The, you know, Sunderland will die. Um, you know, Sunderland had done it before when Peter Reid was manager. They had cameras in the dressing room, and that was uh, that. That was enough to make your hair curl. That that, that uh, some of the language used in that one. But there's there's been predecessors to this. But there is a new batch, and of course, Amazon specialise in them. You know, they've they've done the one with Arsenal, they've done one with Spurs, etc., cetera, etc. Cetera. So you know, it, Man City. There's been so many. And uh, do, do you enjoy them? Do you like watching them? Do you think we'll learn anything from them? I personally, I do. I do like watching them because it gives you the insight of what goes on inside the club, you know, because as a fan, you're very much on the outside, the distance between fan and, and the inside of the clubs. It's never been further. Um, so this gives you, this shows you how the, you know, they're, they're just normal, really, aren't they? They're just, you know, they're just normal human beings. That The one with Jose Mourinho and Deli Alley, you know, which has become more famous now because of what uh, Deli's, Deli's interview, but you know, like he was basically saying that you're lazy. You, you, as fans, you sit in the pub and you speak about how the, the game's gone and stuff. And in reality, they're speaking about it in there as well, you know. So I, I love it, me personally. It makes you feel like you're part of it, doesn't it? Like, I, I'm looking forward to watching the Newcastle one. Like, I like the um, I like the little clip that they put out. It had to be about Man United, didn't it? And beating them, you know. I thought, we're, we're here to the door and never ignored us, like... That's gonna get your viewings up straight away. Did you see the um? Did you see the Manchester United uh, podcaster who came out and he was having a right pop at Eddie Howe saying, "Well, you know, you, you, you know, you, yeah, you had that, you had that rant. Was it a Man United podcaster? I think it was. He had a rant. He had a rant about Eddie Howe saying, well, what, what use was it? You know, he, he had a go at you before the Carabao Cup final. You know, he says, and you, you waited until the league game. You know, that shows what kind of man you are. But I mean. At the end of the day, as you say, it's it's about it's about getting the views, isn't it? It's about pushing it, and that's why that particular that particular speech where he said, "This is what they want," well, this is what they'll get, and then obviously we went out and we went out to beat you that day, so it was good. It was it was it was a motivational speech, which which I'm sure Eddie will have been quite proud of. It's good, and what it does is it connects the fans, mate, because you know, like when you're sitting, you've been for your coffee or your pint at halftime, and you come back to your seat. It gives somebody, it gives them something to talk about, especially if they're going to watch this before the season starts. You know, like they'll be like, I wonder what he's saying in there. You know, it's it's something else to talk about. It's a different dimension, isn't it? That's, it's great, mate. I, I, I love it. I love all this, um, this TV stuff that they're doing now. And I, I tend to watch nearly everyone that comes out. You know, I did see that Burnley one as well. Is it Rise to Burnley or something like that? Yeah, yeah right. Yeah. Aye. yeah, yeah, yeah. I so I'll give that a watch as well. Like it's it's great, it's interesting, and it's it, it's showing you it's showing you the inside of the of the club. You well, sometimes what you love or others, you know. So I I think what I great. what I found interesting with with like the all or nothing series, especially when the Premier League stuff when Newcastle were playing these teams was that the, the state of Newcastle is a weird dressing room. Dressing uh, when room. people come, like you know, you see the Arsenal one that the, because they did eight episodes, you more or less see every the internals of every away dressing room, and some of them are terrible. But I thought Newcastle, oh. I thought Newcastle's was the worst. And of course, those of you who you know watch the show know I've mentioned it before, but that that away dressing room, of course, used to be Newcastle's home dressing room. So um, you know, the, the home players used to change in there. Jesus, it, it's small. It's very claustrophobic. It's, oh, it's uh, all mind games, isn't it? 
course it is, yeah. And that and that that that's to get at the, the the team who comes to play, isn't it? And of course, like making them as uncomfortable as possible, isn't it? I've been in AC Milan's and Inter Milan's. You know, like it's theirs is absolutely top draw. You know, and then the technique of the dressing room for the way and me, I've seen it. It's like, it's like being back in like PE. You know, like back in middle school. Yeah, that's what it was like. It was like 12, 12 clothes hangers. You know, and I thought, wow, that's so clever. Yeah, so clever. You know, like, Just but like does it green... do them any good? I don't even know. It's like the grey and chill dressing room. Yeah, I know exactly what you mean. All yeah. right, look, Premier League season, Melly kick, kicked off this weekend. Um, there's, you know, the, the the teams. Let's just refresh your memory. Um, we'll go in alphabetical order: Arsenal, Aston Villa, Bournemouth, Brentford, Brighton, Burnley, Chelsea, Crystal Palace, Everton, Fulham, Liverpool, Luton Town, Manchester City, Manchester United, Newcastle United, Nottingham Forest, Sheffield United, Tottenham, West Ham United. And uh, Wolverhampton Wanderers complete the set. So let's talk top of the table first, Melly. Um, I, I think interesting. I, I think a lot of people are putting. Um, I'm sorry, Steve. I keep doing that. I put it on do not disturb, and it just keeps coming in, ringing. I don't know why it's doing it. Um, top of the table, mate. I think a lot of people are pushing for Chelsea, Liverpool, Tottenham to be in there. Um, I've had a little bit of a change of a heart, and I, I think Liverpool might do okay, but I think it's I've, I don't know. I would like to see Newcastle back up there. You know, there's no doubt about them, my local club. But I think it'll be Arsenal, City, United, Newcastle, Villa, uh, Liverpool, top six. Wow, I, have you been surprised that the pundits have put Newcastle outside the top six? No, because, mate, you know, like even as you, you know, as an actor, the North doesn't exist past yeah. Manchester. True. It, it doesn't, you know, like it's the forgotten land up here. So I'm not surprised by it, but I, I think they'll be surprised come the end of the season because ultimately I think it's your first season in the Champions League. I think, you know, you're going to get your, your games, your, your group games, but I think you'll get out of that early, which will allow you to focus on the Premier League again and maybe it's a cup run, which is what you want. You know, you want to stay in the Champions League next year, don't you? Yeah. Yeah, you want to finish so, fourth. You want to, Newcastle want to finish fourth, third or fourth. You know, it would be great if we could finish, you know, higher. But, you know, third or fourth, great. Get back in the Champions League and, and you know, have have a couple of good cup runs. You know, that that is that is got to be the... You, you've got to keep the momentum going. He's created a bit of a problem for himself, Eddie Howe, by finishing so high last season because the owners will expect. I think so, mate. But I think he's done the right thing and he hasn't gone out and, like, bought superstars. He's bought people who are going to compliment your team, whereas you're going to make a change. Last year, you were making a change and you were bringing weaker on. This year, I think you'll be able to make a change and you'll be able to stay as strong. Uh, whether or not, you know, if you get a few injuries, well, that'll change again. Could you do them with a few more? Potentially, yes, I think so. But he's just making steady, steady waves. What he's done is mainly steadied your ship and he's got the belief back in there. So, that you know, that you kind of put a price on that kind of stuff because you could have had manager after manager, like, like City did. They had Hughes, Mancini, you know, like they had quite a few... Um, what's he called him with the long hair? They've all come in and then eventually... Pep Guardiola's come in and he steadied the ship. You got that straight away with Eddie Howe. 
Mm. You know, so it's a massive bonus. I think if you can get the, you've gotten a few players, maybe one or two more would do this window. Um, and then in again in January, see how you've gone, bring a couple of more Premier League proven in. Then next summer, once you've gotten the revenue from this, from what you've done this year, you know, you, that I sell a cup, I think it was worth so many million, wasn't it? It was, uh, yeah. you know, all that counts. You know, it's, it all goes towards your uh, FFP, doesn't it? So they're very well, clever on well, what they're doing. What Newcastle um, will do, Melly, what Newcastle will do is when the 1st of September comes and that transfer window shuts closed, Newcastle, put money on it, will announce training kit sponsor. We've got no sponsor on my training kit. They'll announce aye. a sponsor for the grass cutters. You, know, you name it, there'll be some aye. kind of sponsorship comes in. That'll give us enough ammunition for January if we need it. Or, you know, we will, we will, obviously, we will obviously increase our personnel in January. There's no doubt about that. But I think that'll be what they do. I, I, I right. think, and, and, and as you say, the seller cup brought money in. The Amazon program will bring thing in, and it's, I guess, it's um, cute accounting with, which will happen. You know, the, the accountancy behind the scenes. That's what, that's what, that's what eventually helps the FFP, isn't it, Millie? Oh, massively, mate. And like I said here on the last show, you know, these on donkeys you're dealing with the, the multi billionaires who've like been scrutinised at the, you know, the top level. They know exactly what they're doing. So. This window was always going to be about bringing in players who can, um, where you can. So your, your problem at the minute is Barnes and Gordon, isn't it? It's who do you play, Barnes or Gordon? Do you play them both? Who's you know? But one gets dropped and one sticks. So halfway through game, Barnes isn't having a very good game. You bring Gordon on, who's just as good. Last season, they disrespect any uh, players, but you know, yeah. what you were bringing on was was leaving you vulnerable, and you end up getting a lot of draws. That that that's where your problem lay was your draws, you know. It was if you could have turned your draws into home wins, in um wins, sorry, you, you would have had a, a much better season, you know. So I think Newcastle will definitely finish in the top four next year because I think, unfortunately, you will gone out of the Champions League. In I don't know, will it be the group stage or will it be the first knockout? I don't know, but. It's just gonna be a lot for you to tack in, mate. You know, like playing. It's like the it's like the um, Carabao Cup. You know, you want about the Carabao Cup there. Yes, you lost the final, but what you gained was a lot of experience, and you gained the loss as well. And it's horrible to lose, especially when you're a professional. So if you get to the final this year, you can guarantee your bottom dollar that ninety percent chance you'll probably win. It doesn't matter who it's against, but you'll play a lot better than you did last year. So it's just you gain an experience all the time. So Get a good cup run, finish in the top four, but I think a champ. So you get the Champions League next year, a few bigger players next season, adding in January. And me, honestly, it's you know, your sky's your limit. You're now that, you're all now this, you know, like you're all, you're all like a little sleeping giant. Um, so pains as I say, honestly, I've got such a pain in my heart. Can you remember used to get a pain in your heart there <laughs> <laughs> when you were younger, when your dad used to shoot at you, you used to get a little pee. Let's talk no, about... honestly, I mean it. I do mean it. I, you know, I hope you I do have, hope you have success. It's not against us in any final. So. Let's talk about the bottom end of the table, mate. There's a, there's a couple of perennial uh, perennial relegation battlers who Newcastle used to do uh, business uh, with. Um, you, you, take your pick, mate. I mean, Luton Town have got to be favourites to go back down. Um, you know, I mean, you know, they're, they're coming up with, you know, a substandard ground and, um, you know, very little, very little, in way of support because of the size of the ground, but they're you know they've got a they'll have a fighting chance like everybody else. 
Nottingham Forest, of course, pulled off a, a pretty, you know, pretty impressive escape last season. Burnley coming back up, different manager. We were talking about the documentary there. Everton have been playing Russian roulette in recent years. We know that they've got, um, you know, big a big FFP issue, uh, which will be decided in in October. Is that going to affect them? Crystal Palace flirted with relegation in the past, but always seem to finish in the mid table. But they've lost uh, Wilfred Zaha now, who's been a bit of a talisman for them. Uh, Wolves. Um, a club that's got rid of its manager, um, you know, before a ball's even been kicked, uh, and also got rid of half the players that um, have served them so well in, in recent seasons and not brought any in. And Sheffield United, uh, another team that's been, um, I couldn't see a yo yo club that have been up and down, um, over, over the years, and uh, again, got to be, got to be favourite. So, who's your, who's your three to go down this year, Melly? Um, I'm gonna go for unfortunately Luton. Sheffield United and Wolves. Wolves, yeah. Uh, I just think they've um, they've had they've, they've had that run, and what happened in the summer? You've got that money. If they, even if they were to reinvest it, are you going to get the same kind of talent back in for that kind of money? No, you're not. You're not going to attract them. It's gonna it's gonna be a hard season for them. I know they brought yeah that young manager in Gary, but nah, I, I can see Wolves going down here and Luton. Obviously, I think they'll go down. They'll struggle, and and it's it's awful to say that you know because you know you just expect it. They might turn out you know to be a, a Brentford. You you never know you know. But getting back to Burnley, I think they'll finish in the top ten. I think Vincent Company's got them playing well and. Turf Moor has a good ground to go into, you know, it's, they do well there normally. Um, I think they'll do all right, but ultimately I think it'll come down to Everton will do all right, mate. I can't see them finishing like they did last season. I think I like Dyche. I like what he's about and they've got some good players. You know, they can play football when they turn up. So I'll rule Everton and Burnley out. Crystal Palace, good old Roy, you know, like... He just seems to do it, doesn't he, every time? But they'll be floating around the bottom. They'll definitely be floating around the bottom. I think they've, they've got, they haven't got, um, they haven't got the like you say, they haven't got Zaha anymore. I mean, they have got a few players, but when their backs are against the wall, the drop. You know, I've never seen them ever be two or three nil down. I mean, mistake as if I'm wrong, like and ever come back and get a draw. You know, so losing Zaha, who was that talisman? It'll be a massive, massive loss for them. But my, my bottom three is Luton, Sheffield United and Wolves. What about you? What are you going to go for? I've got to be honest. I, 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 I do agree with you on Luton and Sheffield United. Um, I am going to go Everton this time. I think, oh, yeah. they're, going to, I think they're going to spiral into a, a bit of a, a, a problem here. Dice has got relegation on his CV, really. Uh, you know, he got sacked at Burnley, but he more or less took them down. Um, he claimed that that's not his fault, but it was only eight games to go. Um, I just, and I think that behind the scenes at Everton, it, it's going to cause problems. And, and I think they'll get hit hard in October. I think they'll get made an example of. And I think they could end up with a points deduction. So it may not right. be because of, it may not be because of how they play this season. It could be because they're given a mission impossible. Um, mm. Even a 10-point deduction and, a, and and they get off to a bad start and suddenly, 
you know, the world caves in and people, you know, we know what people are like, jumping ship. I don't think they've done great business in the window. Um, so, I, yeah, I'm going to say that's my bottom three, but Everton instead um, of Wolves. I think Wolves I think Wolves could be there or thereabouts, but um, it could go right to the wire at the bottom of the table as well. Last thing, Women's World Cup. Have you been watching it? And if you have, what have you made of it? No, I'll be honest. I'm, I'm, I haven't been watching it because it's it's the Women's World Cup. I haven't been watching it because it it, it, it lands mainly on when I'm at work. You know? So I caught, I was doing a measure the other day for somebody. And uh, luckily enough, it was the penalties for England um, against Nigeria at the time I was measuring. So I watched that. I probably watched a couple at the beginning. So I, I wouldn't really like to pass comment, but always, you know, with the USA gone out, I think England's got to be favourites, haven't they? Unless you can tell me that somebody's been playing a lot better. Yeah, I heard that I, they weren't playing very well, to be fair. I, England haven't played well, but they're carrying the look. And, um, uh-huh. you, know, the, you know, obviously this this programme will have gone out after the quarterfinal against Colombia. We'll hope they've got through. But, um, yeah, they, they might just carry that look and you never know. Um, that, that, that's what you need sometimes in these in, in these tournaments, whether it's men's football or, or women's football. But um, either way, um, it's uh, it's been interesting. I've got to be honest. I've been very interested in the time added on, which has been absolutely crazy. Um, Has it? And the VAR has been horrendous. Um, the, mm-hmm. Honestly, the, v, the VAR decisions have been awful at times um, and, and just taken so long. But then obviously, just I just think they've been controversial for the sake of being controversial. And, and again, you know, it, it spoils it spoils a good game of football. But um, it seems to be... What, would you, what, what yeah. would you do with VAR in general, Steve? Genuinely, would you scrap um, it? Genuinely, I would say it needs to be. It needs to be. It just needs to be changed. They need that. They need to get it. They need to get it working properly. They should have. They should have done it. They should have launched it properly. What What mm-hmm. you need. What you need. I think what would solve it is is the is for for people in stadiums to be here to hear what is said. Said. If we're going right. to stick with it, then let's hear what they're saying because the frustration at places like St James's Park. You know, is that we don't know what the hell is going on, and and because mm-hmm. we don't have we don't have great, we only got one screen which is in the away end of the ground, and only certain people can see it. We don't know whether there's a VAR decision. It comes up on the screen, then it says, then then the stadium announcer gets it. He gets it late. He puts it out, checking possible VAR decision for whatever. Not everybody knows what's going on, but if we had communication and we could hear what the referee is saying and what the VAR people are saying. We could, that, that would that would probably make it a lot better. Um, but at the moment, you know, it's it, the rules impact as well. The, the rules aren't clear. Uh, we've brought in new PGMOL rules today. Um, you know, we've mentioned that today. And, you know, I don't think some of the directives are clear. I, and I think it's open to interpretation. And that's what causes some of these problems. I think like they're gonna to have to get quicker on there because of like adding all this time on that's been wasted. You've seen yourself as many a time it's been nearly three, four minutes that they took to do a VAR decision. That's got to get quicker this year. They've got to be more um they've got to be they've got to be more prompt when making a decision. And like you say, I'm sure I seen something earlier on. It was either in a division lower or maybe it's in a foreign league where they allowed you to hear what was being said between the two. And it makes all the difference. You know, when you were when I was watching it and you could hear it, it yeah. made all the difference. Like you thought, all oh, right, I I I get it. I get it. How they would manage to do that to the to the match going fans, I don't know because that could cause absolute hair like hair why I couldn't it if the if the if they released it to the whole stadium. 
<laughs> it could oh, cause um, ruptures. They need to change. They need to change something, mate. They, they definitely they need to change it. Like definitely, I, I, I agree with it. I think it it helps the game, but um, it needs to be better, better run, definitely. Well, Melly, that's been a great hour. We've end, uh, we've come to the end of the Premier League show. So thank you for joining us, mate. Follow Melly uh, at Roger Melly uh, on Twitter, um, and uh, we will uh, be back with another Premier League show soon. Take care, Melly. Thanks very much. Tommy and Anu and everybody, take care. Thank you. We still do seven NUFC Matters show a week for free. But if you want to help support NUFC Matters, then there are a few ways of doing it. Hit the like button on each live broadcast and video. This helps the channel grow. Hit the subscribe button and select the all notifications bell so you don't miss a single show. If you want to help us financially, then you can join the channel using this button with the membership starting at $1.99 a month. Or... You can drop us a donation in the chat using a super sticker. We're also looking for sponsors. If you'd like your brand advertised on the flies for the show and featured during the ad break, then email john at nufcmatters.com to arrange today. Uh-huh.